Good morning, Providence. Awesome. I love the energy. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our children. If you are in kindergarten through fifth grade or eighth grade, rather, uh, you can meet your teachers in the lobby who will take you to your class. We're going through a series called Roots and Fruit. Roots and Fruit. And the big idea, the big takeaway from this series is that uh, healthy roots produce healthy fruits. In other words, if the foundation, if what we are centered on is, is great, is healthy, it's good, what we produce, what comes out of us will also be good and healthy. And, and the goal of this series is that hopefully that through this we'll be empowered to, to live as those who are fully loved and devoted to Christ. And as we follow this Jesus, as we follow Christ, we'll produce love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Right? That is the hope through this series. And what's awesome is last week, Hunter did, did a great job. But before I talk about Hunter for a second, he made the blasphemous claim <laughs> saying that bacon is overrated. Come on. Come on. That's blasphemy. So as I was thinking this week, you know what? I actually think it's not bacon that's overrated. It's actually barbecue. Especially barbecue from Tennessee. From Tennessee. Okay? (laughs) No, Hunter did a great job. Um, And I love what Hunter said, that the Greek word for kindness, krestos, with an E in the middle, it's similar, the Greek word Christos with an I in the middle, which is Christ. That if we are kind people, we are reflecting Christ. And when we're not kind at all, we're not reflecting Christ. Amen. He walked us through and saying, hey, we become, become kind people. We become like Christ when we die to ourselves. Amen. When we crucify ourselves as Christ did in order that we may live by the power of the Spirit just like Jesus. Today we'll continue in the same series, talking about goodness, or what I would say, good. I think this is working. Maybe not. Awesome. Perfect. Um, So it's no surprise that our culture, we want to know what it's like to live a good life or how to be good people. Uh, I find this especially true with uh, self-help books. So, for example, we have books that talk about, hey, uh, seven ways to have a good marriage. Uh, five steps to take to be a good parente or parent. Uh, three steps to, three actions to take to increase your income, to become wealthy. Or the best approach to have a great life, to have a good life. What these books try to say, do is say, hey, if you want to have a good life, if you want to be a good person, read this book, thank you, and you will learn how to be a good parent, a good spouse a good teacher, a good pastor, a good Christian. They're trying to show us, trying to tell us how to be good. And what we see from these two things is, or uh, from these books is that there's two things. Uh, First, we see that we are attempting to define goodness on how we see fit. Goodness is found in being a good parent. Having a good life is found by being a good spouse or being educated a certain way or, or, or having wealth. Right, we're defining goodness on our own, which surprisingly or interestingly, it, 
that's the fall, right? The first humans fell because they define what's good on their own. We also see a second thing here is that we can't all agree on what goodness looks like, what the good life looks like. Is it this or that, right? We can't define, we can't figure out what goodness actually is. Along with this, all these ideas about what, where we can find good can't be true. Right? They all can't be true. There has to be one way, one path, one way of life, of having a good life, of being a good person. So the question for us is, how can we be good people? How can we have a good life? What's interesting is our passage in Galatians, Galatians 5 to be, to be exact, Paul doesn't really tell us what goodness looks like. He simply says, one of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. It doesn't really say what it looks like practically or how that fruit would actually act, be actualized in our lives. In fact, the word that Paul uses there for, for goodness um, is very rare in the New Testament, and most scholars don't even know what it means or how to interpret that particular word. So how can we be good people? If Paul doesn't tell us, I believe the prophet Micah, not a well-known prophet, small itty-bitty book in the Old Testament. What's cool about Micah is Micah was prophesying the same time as Isaiah and Hosea. The Lord came to Micah and said, Micah, I want you to go to my people. Bring a charge against them that I'm bringing towards them. And this charge is directed towards the people of God, those who claimed to be faithful to Yahweh. And so Micah went to them. They were expecting, hey, you guys are being good. You're offering sacrifices at the temple. You're, you're, you're doing awesome stuff there. And then they would go home and be terrible people. But they thought because they offered sacrifice, all was good. We could apply it to our context. Come to church. Sing songs. Greet each other. Give. Hear a message. And then go home and be terrible parents, spouses, roommates, or friend, and think that we're good. But the Lord says, my people are not being as I called them to be. And they're not doing what I called them to do. And so what God does is he creates this imagery of a, of, of a courtroom. Noah, this is for you. A courtroom. He's going to be a lawyer, by the way, guy. Uh, of a courtroom. It says, hey, you, my people, have not been good. And so I'm bringing a charge. God is bringing a charge against his people for what they have not done. And in our passage today, we see that exact thing. Micah 6.8 says, mankind, he has told you what is good. What it is the Lord requires of you to do justice, to love loving kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. In all of Scripture, it's my, it's my favorite passage. Why is that? Well, because this passage tells us what God wants of us. 
It tells us, you might say, our purpose. And by doing these things, we will be good people. In fact, it says, he has told you what is good. So by doing these things, we will be good people. In fact, I find it interesting that, 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 that something is good when it's tied to its purpose. So, for example, um, someone tell me, what is the purpose of a car? Purpose of a car? To transport me from one place to somewhere else. Okay, that's one of them. What else? Safety. Good. Uh, how about a house? What is the purpose of a house? Shelter. Good. What else? Comfort, yeah, that's good. Let's do one more. Uh, how about work? What is the purpose of work? To make money. To make money. <laughs> yeah, good. What else? To what? To minister. Right, we each have a purpose of what we think these things should be. And so if my car is transporting me from this place to that place, it's a good car. But if it's not, is it a good car? No. My house. <laughs> Bad car. <laughs> My house is a good house if it provides me shelter or gives me comfort. My job is a good job if I get paid good enough, which in Denver, oof. <laughs> Becoming like California in some parts. If it pays me enough or provides me a good work and life balance. Right? Goodness is usually tied to the purpose of that thing. Whatever I think something should do, when it does that thing, it's a good thing. But when it doesn't, it fails to be good. If that's true, we are good people when we do what God made us to do. We are good people when we are who God made us to be. And this passage tells us how we are to be, what we are to do. And in so doing, we will be good people. Now, I have to believe that Micah was a Baptist minister because he has three things listed here for us. Maybe God is Baptist. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it tells us three things. The first thing, in order to be good, we must do justice. We must do justice. Now, I need a volunteer. This was not planned. Um, Kaylee, you come up here. Yeah, come up here. Right here. Give her a hand, yeah. Thank you, Kaylee. Okay, now in our culture, in the West, we understand justice to be fair or equality. Okay? So, for example, if Kaylee punches me, okay, justice demands that I do what? punch her back. Okay? Uh, I, I, have not, I have not done anything. I have not done anything. Um, if Kaylee steals from me and takes my stuff, takes my car, for example, have fun with that, justice demands I take what? Her car. That's the Western understanding of justice. Equality. You steal. You harm someone. Right? There's a prison system or punishments that are set up to, to minister justice. What's interesting in communal culture, and our text is written to a communal people. Justice is not equality or fairness. 
justices taking care of those who are less fortunate, who are oppressed, suffering, and hurting. That is justice. But guess what? In the process of doing that, it may be unfair to those who are fortunate. Okay? Now, that's not fair. But we also know it's also a good thing. Okay? So, if Kaylee punches me, we know it would not be right for me to punch her back. We just know it. Right? It may happen. It may be just which I don't hate girls, but that's not okay, okay? <laughs> it may be just by our Westerns, but we know it's not a good thing. Does that make sense? Okay, give her a hand. Thank you, Kaylee. <laughs> a, a different example. Um, my wife will give birth to our third child in October, okay? So I'm excited about that. Things are getting crazy. So she'll get some time off from work. Use this three months. It's not fair that I only get a week. But we all know that it's okay, right? That's justice in Scripture. Caring for the less fortunate, the oppressed, the outcast, even if it's unfair to those who are fortunate. Now, how can you say that, E? How do you know that? Well, the Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. And mishpat means the same exact thing. And here's why I say that. We have rebelled against God. We have messed up his creation. In the process, messed ourselves up. It would be just for God to do what? Destroy us and punish us. In fact, some scholars will say, when you sin against an infinite God, what you deserve is an infinite amount of what? Punishment. Is that what God does? No. God sends his son to come and what? Die in our place for us, and we may gain the son's life. We gain his inheritance. Now tell me, is that fair? Is that right? No. By our Western standard, it's not. And yet God is called the just one. Because he gives justice to those who do not deserve it. In our community group, which, by the way, if you're not part of a community group, join one. Okay, I found it to be very life-giving and incredible. But a few weeks ago, we were talking about the idea of justice in our culture. And how in our culture, we cannot administer justice correctly. There are those who've been oppressed, attacked, unjustly. And our culture is looking for a place where justice can be seen. And the church is meant to be that place. We are meant to be the ones who are caring for those who are less fortunate than us. And we do that because God has been just towards us by caring for us when we did not deserve it. According to Micah, we are good when we do justice, even if it's unfair to us. Second, in order to be good, Micah says, love, loving kindness. Love, loving kindness. Some translations say, I love mercy or love kindness or faithfulness. But in the Hebrew, it's love, loving kindness. And the word used there for loving kindness is a famous word known as chesed. Chesed, which is not up there, but it's okay. Chesed. Um, I have learned 
different ways that God loves me or loves creation through various relationships. Loving my friends, uh, my parents and siblings, my, my wife. This morning I was talking to John and I've learned how to love or God's love in a different way through my kids. Love for kids is weird. It's just weird. In fact, I heard someone say, um, choosing to have kids and loving them is choosing to have anxiety for the rest of your life <laughs> and still loving the cause of the things causing you anxiety. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. In fact, my wife showed me a video yesterday where it actually happened on Friday. I took my kids to the zoo. I'm, I'm with uh, Mila in the, in the bathroom, so she uses the restroom. I'm like, stand here. It's dirty. Don't touch anything. I'm like, what are you doing? It's crazy. Right? My kids have done some awful things on me, throwing up on me, and I hate throw up. Right? They've done some other things on me that I don't like. They've said some mean things towards me. And yet, I wouldn't change a thing about them. Right? That's chesed. That's loving kindness. Choosing to extend kindness, mercy, compassion towards someone else without the promise of it benefiting you. There's no guarantee that my kids will be good kids. There's no guarantee they will love us when they grow up. And still we choose to love them. That is loving kindness. That is chesed. The New Testament calls this agape. Agape, or unconditional love, which is what God has extended towards us. I love what Paul says, while we were yet sinners, while we were enemies of God, thieves, liars, evil thinkers, evil doers, what did God do? In his just and loving kindness, Christ died for us. God is a God of loving kindness. He's extending that to you and I without promise of anything benefiting him. And if God has done that for you and I, why can't we do that for those around us? Not just our kids, our spouses, family members, or friends, even those who don't fit those relational categories. We are good when we Extend God's loving kindness that we've received towards others. Third, in order to be good, according to Micah, walk humbly with our God. Walk humbly with our God. Uh, the word used here in Hebrew is also not really well known, but, but the idea here is, is appropriate or modest. When it says be humble or walk humbly, it says, hey, walk correctly, walk appropriately with God. If, if pride is the idea that, hey, I think I'm better than y'all, humility says, no, you're not. If you might call it low pride or low self-esteem says, y'all are better than I am, that's also wrong. When I was in high school, uh, I played basketball. I can still beat anybody in here, by the way, okay? Play played basketball. <laughs> 
Uh, my knee hurts right now, so give me a, give me a few months, okay? But I play I play basketball in high school, and I was pretty good. Just just flat out say I was pretty good. But after each game, because I wanted to appear to be humble, when someone told me, "Hey, great game, E," guess what I said? It wasn't that great. Eh, I didn't do that good. Was that appropriate? No. Right? It's also not humility. Humility is having the appropriate outlook on life, which requires wisdom. It's no wonder that the book of Proverbs, a book known for wisdom, says, hey, you are wise when you are humble. And when you're prideful, you're foolish. Because humility means having the right, appropriate outlook as to who you are, who others are, as God's images. And as God's images, you are meant to value them as yourself. In Philippians 2, Paul says uh, the church, God's people, value each other as more important than yourself. Value each other as more important than yourself. There's no better person who's done this than Jesus. I love what Paul says in four verses, or chapter, or chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Although being God, Christ humbled himself, becoming a human like, one, like you and I. Becoming a human servant, serving others by dying on the cross for us. Christ humbled himself for you and I. It's no wonder people say Christ is a good person. I love what it ends here. It says, walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. Your God. God is for you. God is your God. Not because he is all about you, but because you are a son and a daughter. And like a good parent, he will humble himself for you. He would do things for you. And he does stuff for you. Because he is good. And if that's true, why can't we do the same for others? Micah tells us that goodness, the good life, being a good person, is found when we are just. When we are lovers of loving kindness, when we are humble. This is what a good person is according to the Lord. Now, it would be very easy to say, hey, go do justice, love loving kindness, and be humble and leave. And guess what? I'll be the first person to go and try to be a just person and try to be loving uh, kindness and try to be humble. And what I found is when I try that, when I do that, after about a week, maybe a month, I move on. Right? I can't be, I can't do these things. We can't do these things. We try and try and try, but we can never make it happen. I say we because we're inconsistent with these things. I mean, Josh, my, 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 my CG leader mentioned, when someone wrongs us, they take our stuff or in Kaylee's punches me, right? We want the Western version of justice. 
we don't do this kind of justice. But when we harm someone else, we want them to be kind towards us. We're inconsistent. We can't do these things. And most of us are not humble. Look at social media pledges. It's all about who? Us and our family and our travel. All about us. We can't do any of these things. And Micah knew this. What comes up to verse 8 is Micah begins to give a description or a story of what God has done. How God's put the sea so Israel walked through in Exodus. How God sustained them in the wilderness. How God protected them from their enemies. How God is present with them. The church, people of Christ, do we realize what God has done for us? Do we understand what God is doing for us? The breath that we breathe, the ground that we move on. I, I, I'm not very smart. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. But, but I've heard the earth is tilted on an axis. And if it goes one degree different direction, things go bad. God is sustaining us right now. Not only that, when we rebelled against him, God chased after us like a loving parent. And even when we continue to do so, God is merciful towards us, providing for us. And he gave his life so that we may have life. We have his inheritance. We have his life. But it continues. Because Christ was good, because God is good, he gave us a spirit to live inside of us to live among us, to be with us, to remind us of who he is. And it's through the Spirit that we now can be good. Not by doing it on our own, but by the Spirit, by pursuing after Christ. So what should be our response? How should we respond to this? I said first, repent. Repent. The church fathers consistently talked about repentance being a way of life. And when we repent, Lord, we've not been good enough. We have not sought justice. We have not sought the Lord's kind of justice. We need to confess. Welcome the Spirit. Just ask the Spirit to come in us, to empower us, to live as Christ wants us to live. And third, ask the Lord as we follow him. Ask him to remind us of three things. Hey, Lord, where does injustice dwell in my life? How have I not been just in my life? Ask the Spirit, Lord, where can I extend loving kindness today? And third, Ask ourselves, are we living humble lives? Do we see things accurately, appropriately? If we want to produce healthy fruit, like goodness, if we want to be good people, we must have a healthy root that is Jesus. If we want to produce healthy fruit, like goodness, we must have a healthy root, namely Jesus.
I'll close with this short story. A few uh, months ago, or actually almost a year ago, after a rough morning parenting, my wife wanted to go to a farmer's market. And so we got into a car, and we live in a little townhome community, uh, a lot of older people in our community. We're pulling out of our driveway, and we are making a left turn, and we see an old man lying on the ground with a walker, like he's trapped in the walker on the ground, and there's blood pouring from his head. What makes it odd, there's a gentleman, younger guy, maybe in his 40s, standing next to him, just staring at the guy. And we're like, what is happening? We have two kids in the back. Kelly says, hey, pull over. So I pulled over. I'm like, what are you going to do? Gets out of the car and goes to attend this man. As Kelly gets to the guy to see what, what she can do, the younger man who was there gets in his car, you turn and goes away. I'm like, what is going on right now? Should I, do I need to go out there? Right? What, right? Ambrose is freaking out. Mela's probably sleeping. She's super young. And Ambrose says, hey, what's mom doing? Where, where's mom? Mom, come back. Where's mom go? What's going on? And what happened was this man was walking from getting a haircut, and he has a certain condition where his body will essentially just kind of give out. He'll go numb, and he fell. And the man who had stopped there uh, saw him but refused to help because he thought that the old man was probably going to attack him. I don't know why he thought that, but he did. My wife picks up the guy, gets him in our car, wipes his blood. We take him back to his uh, townhome area. We take him out. We walk him back into his house. I still remember what Ambrose was saying after we got in the car, after Kelly got back in the car. He asked my mom, what did you do? What was going on? And Kelly said, I'm being the Good Samaritan in the story about the man who was talking about robbers and someone took care of him, et cetera. And we're now getting back on the road. I remember Ambrose whispering, Mama is being good. Why? She saw someone in need. Did justice. Loving kindness. The guy never, we never, never saw the guy ever again. Never paid us. Not that we're looking for that at all. We weren't. But she showed loving kindness. And she was humble enough to stop her day for this person. That is being a good person. To do justice, love loving kindness, and walk humbly with our God. Let's pray. As the prayer team comes up, take a moment and just think in your life. First of all, are you walking with Jesus? Would you say you are walking with Christ, that he's the root of your life? He's the foundation of your life. Is his spirit alive in you? Not simply a feeling, but also seen in how you live your life. If not, I want to ask you to at some point today, come and pray with someone on the prayer team. They'd love to pray with you. Something to think about as well. Are we people of justice, loving kindness, and humility? If that's not you, we have a good father, a good brother, an amazing comforter who beckoned us towards 
him. He gives us his life so that we may be good as he was. Father, this morning, we realize, God, that we can't be good. We can't be like you. But in your grace, in your mercy, in your loving kindness, you give it to us freely. And through your spirit, you empower us to be like you. Help us, Lord, to remain in you, to be rooted in you, so that what comes out may be Christ. All this for your renown and glory. Amen.